Norm touches base on politics, on the fight for clean water, iguana hunting, and the great urban areas of Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Captain Jeff and his clients fish through another feeder ban in Hurricane Nicole. Norm gets released from Facebook jail again and goes over the biblical part of the Real Guy Network. All this week on the Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. So yeah, you saw my new rifle? Yeah, man. What is that? That's a Gamo Varmint air rifle. A Varmint air rifle. Right. Yeah. And I've been picking off iguanas with that son bitch. <laughs> I got an iguana the day before yesterday. He was hiding underneath the second skiff. Yeah, yeah. And he was he didn't know I was uh I was on him. And uh I got him right behind the temple. Mm-hmm. Instant kill. Done. Done. Boom. With an air rifle. Didn't even move. Just doop. That's a good shot because I gotta tell you what, I mean we used to get him over there in uh behind my old man's house out in plantation. And man, you had to hit them just right. And I mean, it was if you didn't hit them just right, they just look at you like they were from New York. No, I, <laughs> I, no when I was when I was getting ready to shoot them, I thought for sure, I thought for sure that thing was going to run away. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, like, and I'd have to like go chase them and shoot them again or whatever. Right, right. No, it was a dead eye. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, that was the first cool. ki- that was the first kill with the new rifle. Nice. Now, are you are you commemorating the kill in some way, like? Putting a notch on the gun somewhere. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you should you should totally sport the piss out of your kills with that gun. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'll make notches right in yep. it. Yep. There you go. Something. I was in the back of the river the other day, and um, there was a guy that, that was guiding mm-hmm. for Iguana Kill. And was he, he a bigger guy? He's a big... In a, in in a, a bass boat? Yeah, in a bass boat. That's, that's Bud Randall. That's Bud Randall? That's probably Bud Randall, yeah. <laughs> Bud's doing it, and he's killing it. He's, I mean, he's absolutely killing it. Kill, yeah, killing it like killing a like, lot of iguanas, or making a lot of money. And a lot, both, both. He's he's booked up. Uh, in fact, I had a, uh, one of the last trips that I did. Uh, they had to they had to reschedule me around their iguana trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm dead serious. We were supposed to go on. <laughs> we were supposed to go on a Friday, and we ended up going on. A Saturday or Sunday, which I hate fishing on on the weekends, and I told the guy, I said, "Look, I said we can go on a, on a Saturday or Sunday, but you know, our our chances of of, of fishing unmolested, you know, drastically redu- are reduced. I'd rather fish you guys on a Friday." And the guy says, "Well, you know, uh, Captain Bud wants to go kill iguanas on Friday, and that's the day he can go. So we gotta we gotta reschedule." So I had to reschedule my shit around. Uh, the iguana trip. So we're competing against the iguana we're, hunters. We're, we're actually, you know, I mean, it's just not the town that it used to be. Man. Well, you can <laughs> come to Fort Lauderdale and fish for exotic species like peacocks, clownfish, yeah. tilapias, cichlids. The list goes on. Yep. And hunt for and, exotics and now. Hunt. And hunt. And go and, and go to the Hard Rock. Python and iguana. Yeah. We're like the third thing to do when you go, when you come to Fort Lauderdale now. <laughs> Is that a Republican or Democrat issue? It's not even a po- political thing. It's just the new age that we live in. You know? I do know. Yeah. And speaking of politics, we're just I'm, I just want to touch on one thing really quick. No, I had a couple questions. Oh, okay. You, All right. Me. Okay, that's fine. Um, obviously, congratulations to our governor. Uh, the people of Florida spoke, and they spoke loudly. For Ron. Uh, for Ron DeSantis, and uh, it was a huge win. It was a, he, he, it was the largest, uh, it was the largest win um, in a governor's race ever in Florida history. He won by like forty, almost forty points or something like that. It was ridiculous, and uh, and. Also, uh, here on District 4, you know, we've been very... We lost. We, we lost. Uh, we lost. Um, you know, Kevin uh, lost by just a few votes to Warren Sturman. I like mean, 40 it votes, was I think really, was. really close. Uh, so, I mean, you know, yeah, 39 or 40 votes, something like that. And it was really close, but, you know, uh, we got Warren. Uh, I don't really know that much about him. I guess he's going to be an establishment type. 
but the best thing, as far as I am concerned, is, and, and I'm going to just make a classless uh, plug at uh, shot at Ed Rebholz, who not only lost, but he lost huge with only 7% of the vote. And nobody in my mind deserved to lose and get destroyed that badly, better than Ed Rebholz. Well, good okay. job. Way, way to go, Ed. And, and I, feel, I feel partially responsible because I really took this guy to task on social media. Uh, and even better, I'm back on Facebook tonight at uh, 11 o'clock. That was one of my things we were going to go over, was mm-hmm. how you keep getting banned from the yeah. social media yeah. platforms. Well, I speak my mind. Yeah, you do. And they don't like that. You do. Now... Probably going to have to take to Twitter. Now, in, in my mind... Now that Whoopi's gone. Whoopi? She's Whoopi, gone? Whoopi's gone from Twitter and some other cackling hen because left. Of, because Elon. Yeah, because of Elon. Elon's going to totally change everything. We're like... The Twitterverse is now going to be slanted towards No, it's going to be free speech. See, this yeah, but is that's, the, not, that's not the narrative. Yeah, but wow, what difference does that make? Well, Whoopi, Whoopi's not on there anymore. Uh, well, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. <laughs> now, that, okay, now I, you being the political <coughs> political guy and everything, yeah, I knew this was yeah, yeah. you know a big week for you yeah. and everything, so I had a few questions before we got on to some, o- some other stuff. Because I had kind of a lot of shit on my mind this week. <laughs> starting well, with that's my, what happens when you have time off. Oh, happy. <sighs> oh, way to make it through another hurricane. Yep, we did. So do you, could, can we put that on our list now? Sure, absolutely. You know, I did. I was fishing the night before last. Mm-hmm. And um, I had these kids on the boat. Thank God I had kids on the boat. Because, right. because we... Just like the last storm, Ian, we fished right through the first feeder ban. Right. I remember that. Sure. Right. Well, uh-uh. well, on night you didn't before, get blowed out. Night before last, you know, we're getting all rained on and everything. And I get home and I look at the radar and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't realize it. But we fished through the first feeder ban of Hurricane Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, no, that's, Ian. No, Ian was the last one. I'm talking yeah. about the one, this one. Oh, this one. Oh, you fished through a feeder band on, on Nicole. So I'm back, nice. to, I'm back to back fishing first feeder bands during hurricanes nice. this year. Nice, dude. And because <clears throat> we only had the two hurricanes this year, it was... Did you get bit? Unanimous undefeated. Okay, nice. And uh, yes, we did get a bite. Wow. And I mean a bite. I mean, we got about 50 minutes where the fish freaked out and ate yeah, really, yeah. really good. Good. And the kids caught a couple of big fish. Um, but some crazy shit happened because we had the full moon uh-huh. oh, yeah. and we had the storm out there and, and the tides and the tides. Yeah. And as I'm coming home, um, from my trip, I got Hollywood beach on my right side mm-hmm. and all the pumps are going and everything. Oh, yeah. And you can see the ocean. This is the night before the storm, not yep. last night, yep. the night before mm-hmm. in the, in the ocean was coming over the A1A and it was starting to, and I said to the guys that I had on the boat, I says, you remember I said this. I says it doesn't even necessarily have to be a big hurricane or anything. No. I says on these tides, I go, the ocean's going to come over A1A. Mm-hmm. And it's going to dump into the sure. intercoastal. And eventually, these big establishments, these, you know, it's not going to be able to handle it. Right now, they're able to pump out the water, mm-hmm. and the news crew can go down there, mm-hmm. and it says, oh, look, we're flooding. Yeah. But if you remember correctly, 20 years ago, very rarely would you have that happen. No. Like, no, it'd have no. to be like a major storm, yeah. and it would happen for a half a day somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now it's happening all the time. Now it happens all the time. Right. Yeah. Sure. So I'm watching this with my own eyes. I'm not listening to the narrative of climate change or sea level rise or any of this. It is what it is. Dude, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I've been living here it. for freaking sure. since I can remember. Mm-hmm. I stare at the water every single day for the last, let's call it 50 years. Yeah. And now I can see with my own eyes. And and the crazy thing about these, these, these looky-loos that go out there and, and watch the beach erode and fall into the ocean in front of them is they don't realize that, you know, the other thing that's probably happening is that the stormwater drains and the sewage pipes are overflowing at the same time, and there's probably sewage floating through the streets when this happens. Oh, definitely. It always does. Definitely. It always does. And they don't. They, nobody mentions it. They don't talk about it, but it's happening, and you got these guys, and they're walking around. They're waiting, literally, in shit. Yep. 
Okay. How many news? How many news guys were standing there reporting on the storm last night? Oh, in, yeah. In the fecal bacteria level. Absolutely, their 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 toes are going to fall off tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> That's kinda... did, did you see? Did you see the? Uh, did you see the footage from like Daytona? I did. Daytona Beach. They had to condemn some of the buildings. They had to evacuate some buildings. Because the the beach had eroded all the way to the foot of the of, of the uh, of, of the foundation. All right, so yeah, so bad. So you and that's only a cat one, right? Not that barely even a cat one, and that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even have to be a real storm anymore. No. But the um, all right, so the people that are living on the other side of the bridge on the island, mm-hmm. I don't care whether you're from South Beach all the way to how far does the island go? Basically, mm-hmm. the whole state almost, right? Yeah. It's a barrier island. Well, so everybody that's living, know. everybody that's living on the barrier island, yeah. is no different than living on Fort Myers Beach necessarily. Nope. It's exactly the same. Are they driving home, thinking about this thing? Like, geez, I might. You know, and you know why? Because they're waiting to trust the government for an evacuation notice. And if there's no evacuation notice, they're not even. It doesn't even occur to them. They don't. We, they're we, not. They're not going to put two and two together. They're not going to put two and two together. Nah. Uh-uh. You think you're right, Norm? Oh, I mean, look at it. I mean, you probably could have. Uh, you probably could have. Uh, if you drove, let's just say you drove from 17th Street all the way to Hillsborough, there were probably several bars open with people just having hurricane parties on the beach, not <laughs> even thinking that the water's going to come in. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, I. I get. I, I get that. But I'm talking about the homeowner that's been looking at the ocean and the water. Because he's lived down there. There's for 20 only one years. way they'll think about it, only one way, and that is as if their insurance rates go way up. And they have. Yep. Everybody's paying for this crazy flood insurance. Nope. I don't know what we're gonna do. Anyway, God, I can't. We're, not, we're getting way out. There's no way we're talking about insurance. No. But, so Norm, uh, <coughs> congratulations on getting through Hurricane Nicole. Thank you. And Thank you. congratulations on getting through another midterm. Yep. Yep. Now. The questions I had for you, the first question was, is you being the political pundit mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. So the election, midterms, and then the presidential elections, that's kind of like the Super Bowl of it all, right? Um, yeah, in a way it is. I mean, it's, 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 it's a galvanizing uh, event. It's probably the biggest event that we'll have, politically speaking, until the 2024 presidential election. And, and uh, you know, typically... Uh, Typically, voters are not that engaged uh, during these uh, midterm elections. It's usually marked by fairly low voter turnout. However, this time uh, was very different, and we had record turnouts in a lot of states. Uh, I mean, DeSantis won huge here in in, in Florida, and so it was uh, it was really a it was really a remarkable midterm election in in that regard. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was pretty big. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, you know, like you get in that political arena, it comes to a head, and it's over. It's like kind of like football season. Yeah, sure. You know, and I didn't know if you went through like after football season, right? Mm-hmm. I sit back usually that first Sunday. Um, I feel it a little bit when when college is over, but because of the pros and stuff and the playoffs and the holidays, you know, there's plenty to keep you busy, but. I think it's the second week of February or whatever, and the Super Bowl's over. Then what? Right, and then you just kind of like, it's a void. Yeah, it's a void. It's a huge void. Are you feeling that now? Yeah, uh, um, a little bit, but because they didn't get, uh, you know, you have to be a political junkie to, to understand this, but because there wasn't a definitive outcome uh, on this election to control of Congress, uh, it, there's still something to hold on to, all right? So we're kind of in overtime, if you will, on this election. And it may not end until uh, the end of the month. Right. So uh, because they, some of these races, and I don't understand it. You know, Florida is one of the most populous states in the country, and we can get all our shit done in one night. Why can't Arizona? Why can't Pennsylvania? No, no, why no. can't some of these other uh, states get it? Get get their act together and it, count their votes. There's nobody here in Florida that can argue that. You we, know? we've had not had a good track record, including the lady that counted the votes here. She got thrown out. The lady in Tallahassee got thrown out, and finally. Yeah, but we've always had our stuff done in one night. Finally, Florida has an election that um, there hasn't been some sort of you know 
big friggin' scandal behind and people getting fired over and blah, blah, blah. So I was listening to this argument last night. Oh, Florida's so great. Florida's so great. They're, they're not so fast because we don't have a great track record. No, Well, no, we don't, but we've learned from it, and that's the point. The, I mean, look at the 2000 election. I mean, that, that, that went well into... That went well into December, if I remember correctly. And they had to get the Supreme Court involved and everything else like that. But you're right about that. But now, the way it's set up, you know, we've, we've got a lot of this riffraff out. And there's always going to be, especially when you have an election that's this lopsided, there's always going to be people, uh, usually on the losing end, that are, uh, you know, crying foul. Right. But... I don't. I can't stand it when a state, for example, like Arizona, which there really aren't that many people in Arizona. It's not a very popular state. Why can't they get their stuff done in one night? They should be able to do that, and they can't. That's common, common sense, and not too many people have common sense anymore. And people are willing to accept stuff like that. And for the most part, I think it was a bunch. There were so many people that were pretty much just nerds voting before. Like, I think there's a lot more non-nerds voting than ever before. Oh, there's people that definitely, yeah. And, and that's probably a good thing. But at the same time, it's, it's uh, you know, get your shit together. Get your stuff voted. Get it get it counted and be done with it. Right. You know, the, eight, the, 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 uh, the presidential election of 1860, I think it was. History? Uh, was, yes, was, uh, was counted... And done with in one night. Now, granted, we didn't have 330 million people uh, as a population in 1860. But still, we didn't have the communication. We didn't have the systems. It was all, you know, count your ballots by candlelight in 1860. And that's really what it, what it boiled down to. And then you had to transmit all of those uh, results uh, by horse and carriage to Washington D.C. and I mean we got our stuff done. 1860. You know, 1860. 1860. Okay. Okay. So I mean we got we we got our stuff done. In, now in it's 1860. like 1860. <laughs> yeah, we but but now we can't seem and uh, with with the uh, with the information age and all this technology and the availability to transmit information instantly, we we, we just seem to be getting further and further behind. The eight ball in a, in terms of being able to finish these things in a timely manner, and the longer you take to count a vote, the more uh, the more susceptible you are to fraud and everything else like that. And we learned that in twenty twenty and right. in twenty sixteen to a certain extent. Right, right, right. <coughs> Government sucks at everything, and they suck, yep. and they suck at counting votes. Yep. All right, moving along to the next question, and this is the last political question we're going right. to get into because I wanted to talk to you about some heavy shit after this. <laughs> you know, like witchcraft type like yeah, voodoo shit. Nice. But anyway, the um, last thing I wanted to ask you. Okay, so I really didn't have a lot of. I'm not one of these party guys, like Democrat, Republican, that type of thing. I don't really. You know, if I had to identify with people, I would say conservative, but mm -hmm. not the party itself. No, I'm, your own. I'm not into the party system. I think right. I think it sucks. But anyway, um, so therefore, I don't consider myself politically political. You know what I mean? Like I got my issues and things, sure. things that I'm into, but I'm not big into the parties or the races and all that kind of thing. Mm. And I could really care less whether or not. You're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever. Right. I'm really not into all that. <clears throat> I'm into the water. So when we had this special election here in District 4 that we've been talking about for months, mm -hmm. and neither one of the guys that were in the protest that were running on water won. So in my eyes, I'm like, total failure, we lost. But in a political-minded person like yourself... People say to me, don't feel so bad, because now people are at least talking about the issue, even though your guy didn't win, because they're talking about water now. And I can't, I, I can't swallow that. Norm. Well, you know, let me tell you what, whether or not you can swallow it is irrelevant to the fact that that's really what it is. And, you know, the, the you got to remember something. A lot of people, a lot of people, first of all, don't take it too hard and 
uh, Kevin and Mike, if you guys are out there, I know you guys were running on water. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty hard to win uh, a, a, a local battle like that when the field is that crowded. So let's just let, I'd say that if it was if that really if that race had been down to two or three guys that were running, let's say it was Kevin, Mike, and this Warren Sturman. I don't think Warren would have won. I don't think so. Okay, either. so I, I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, don't don't feel too bad. And I'll tell you another thing: there were a lot of people who voted in in last night's election. I don't remember what the total number was, but for District Four, it was a pretty sizable number of people. And uh, I think that if you look at the totality of of how the issue was engaged, we probably brought the issue of running on water uh, to the public eye in a way, you know, electorally speaking, that we haven't in the past. And so for that reason alone, there were probably more people that uh, voted based on water last night than ever have in the past. Okay. And this is, again, not having the data to support other than just the raw numbers on how many people were, uh, were were voting last night. But I did notice that it was a fair number of people. And let's just face it, uh, it's a process. All electoral politics is a process. And there are people who spend millions and millions of dollars on federal campaigns knowing that they're not going to win but to push an agenda. And I'd say to Kevin, I'd say to Mike, uh, and anybody else that was running on water uh, in any district anywhere in South Florida to keep pushing that agenda and to come back and do it again because it's ultimately going to become policy sooner or later. And that's how you get this done. It's, it, do, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And, you know, I've been studying this stuff for a long, long time. And, you know, that's just that's just how these things become policy sooner or later. And it's it starts with grassroots support. We didn't quite get it done, but we came very close. And I think there was a lot of attention drawn to it. And so I can't say that it was an epic failure. Okay. It just wasn't a total win. Right. And that's my version of being a glasses half full kind of guy. Because that's, that's the truth of the matter. All right. You want to hear my glasses half full side of it? Mm-hmm. So my, my positive spin on it is Conquering mm-hmm. really spent a lot of time and money on the water issue. Yes, he did. And did commercials and videos mm-hmm. and mailers. Mm-hmm. And it was water, 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 water. And he came in second and lost by 40 votes. Yeah. So I just want that. I hope the other people that run for office in the future see that and realize that running on water will help you more than it will hurt you. Because I think in the past people stayed away from it because they're like, oh, that's not what people want to hear. That's not what they want to talk about. Well, you know, in non-election years, you can't get these people really to talk about it in a meaningful way. And... There's no there's no two ways around it because there's no reason for them to because the voters just don't seem to really care. Uh, and I've said it before. I use the example of the sewage spill in Rio Vista to make that point. You know, you would have thought that the that the whole city would have it would have been an emergency. You would have thought that the entirety of the Rio Vista community would have been in uh, up in arms about literally raw sewage flowing through their driveways and that didn't happen and it didn't and it didn't result in any real meaningful electoral uh it didn't convert to electoral politics however i will tell you this there were guys that were not running on water that don't have a clue about what it even means to run on water that during the campaign, they learned a little bit about it, and they like for example, I my my hero Ed Rebholz, okay, your, your buddy, that my buddy, okay, that guy was is is totally clueless. He doesn't know anything about this community except how to sue his own neighbors, okay, <laughs> and but he learned something, 
because his focus statement on his campaign website had nothing about running on water it had nothing to do about the environment there was nothing there and after i started blasting him on social media and doing videos and taking him to task on everything all of a sudden he started running on water it was too little too late and i don't think anybody bought it but it opened his eyes to it and whether or not he takes it to heart and he runs again on it who knows i hope he doesn't because it's the worst kind of political um, enjoiner that we need. We just don't need guys like Ed Rebholz in 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 in, uh, in any form of local government whatsoever, including the dog catcher. I wouldn't I wouldn't vote for him for dog catcher. I think Norm. Every, Long story short, everybody's got your point. Every on yeah. Ed. <laughs> every it's, it's I, not get, your guy. I get pissed. Okay, it's not your guy. But. He figured it out sooner or later. He figured it out. I even got a mailer. On one side was all his nonsense that he was spewing. And on the other side, it was completely dedicated to the environment and water. And he sent that out to thousands and thousands of people. That message got out. Whether you like the guy or not, that message got out. And it wasn't just him. It was like four different candidates that did that. Okay. That's how you. That's how you build these things. That's how these things get grassroots support. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. Very good, Norm. Yeah. Well, happy election. Yeah. I'm glad, good. I'm glad you got through it. I did. Um, there will be more election seasons, mm-hmm. and we're not going to stop. We're going to keep talking about running on water. We're going to change up a little bit. I got a new slogan. Oh, really? You want to hear my new slogan? Absolutely. My, my new political slogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to get pissed like I'm not a Ron DeSantis fan. I'm a Ron DeSantis fan. Uh-oh. But where's Ron? Oh, my God. Ron's, Ron ain't worried about too much right now. No, Ron, Ron, Ron's <laughs> on this big win, and he's you know getting all this publicity and everything. But seriously, the, the, this, is my, this is my new political slogan. I want to know where Ron is. Where's Ron? Okay, what else? So we- you're stepping it up. Well, I, I'm just uh, now. I, now you now I can say something like this because sure. the election's over yeah, yeah. and people aren't acting all weird and stuff yeah. and you know, all crazy about you know we're Republican or you're Democrat who are you voting for you're a bastard if you're this or that a fungal okay <laughs> where's Ron oh boy and this is and let me tell you where I'm coming from what else do we got to do down here we've had the biggest sewage spill ever recorded in history <clears throat> okay we've had fish kills. Every summer since then. Now we got a fish kill in November. Biscayne Bay, we're pulling thousands of pounds of fish out of yeah. because they're dead. Yeah. Where's Ron? Yeah. Where's Ron? I'm not asking Ron to do anything. I don't, I'm not asking Ron to come up with all the solutions. I'm not asking Ron for anything. I just want to know where is Ron. Oh, boy. So if you think he didn't hear about running on water for long enough... Or intense enough. Now you're going to hear about no, running on water. Take it up a notch. And then where's Ron? Oh, boy. Well, because, dude, the guy's a badass, right? Yeah, he is. And he can freaking part the seas. He's the new Moses, for crying yeah, out loud. He really is. Good. Politically. Then he, then he can do something about the water. Where the hell is he? By the way, don't you think Moses was a fisherman who knew who knew about tides? I'm not sure if he was a fisherman, he but he was be. a captain for he sure. He had to be. He was a captain for sure. He had to be. He was running the boat. He was running the boat. I'm telling you, he was he was guiding all of them, and he knew when the tide was going to go out and that sandbar was coming up. Boom, he was going to shoot him right across the sandbar. So, okay. So, speaking of Moses, or so Moses, only a real guy would know about something like that. Moses was at least, if he wasn't a captain or if he wasn't a fisherman, he was at least a real guy. You had to give it to him because who else would know about sandbars in Egypt? Well, and who would know about how to keep that many fish alive? Yeah. Because he would have had to keep one of each species alive on yeah. that boat. Talk about a live well. Yeah. Moses <laughs> probably had the biggest and best. Oh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Noah's Ark. Right. I'm talking about oh, I'm Moses. Oh, talking about Moses. Yeah, that's two yeah. different guys. Two no, different. no, 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 no. So. <laughs> I was Noah's captain. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't tell you about that. That's what I meant. Noah, Noah was the captain. But Moses was definitely a real guy. He had to have been. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He was a guy that knew about tides. Come on. Right. He split the ocean for granted. Absolutely. Love. Yeah. Not too many guys can do that. I'll, I can fish through a feeder band, but I can't split the ocean. Yeah. 
You know, well, you give it a few hundred years and you'll figure it out. I wonder if Moses and Noah. They knew each other. Well, that was the, that was, you know, I mean, that was the biblical real guy network. (laughs) Right. Did Noah ask Moses, like, dude, I'm going to have to keep a lot of fish alive. And did Moses be like, oh, don't worry about it. Just leave them all in the sea. Yeah. So he didn't have to have the big life. He knew. He knew. They knew each other. Come on. That was the original real guy network. It was kind of like, yeah. All right, I'll roll, I'll roll with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, speaking of okay, uh, I do we have a winner from we last do, one? We do have a winner. Who? I can't remember the kid's name. He emailed me. He says I'm not sure, but he came up and then, dude, he only he only said okay like six times, in a whole podcast. Okay. Great. So, <laughs> I got to send a shirt out to that kid. Thanks for participating. And I tell you what, we'll, every time we have Captain Norm on, if you want to be the first guy to email me with the correct count of how many OKs yeah. Norm said, we'll send you out a free real guy go. t-shirt. There you go. See that? There is that go. fun? And that, that is fun. And, you know, let me just tell you something. If you get one of these shirts or if you buy a hat or you get a hat or something like that, you're getting something that's really special because that's the those that gear, real guy gear, whether it's a, a a bucket or a hat or whatever it is, that stuff's got mojo on it. Good, oh, good segue. Is that a great segue <laughs> or what? Good segue. No, By the way, I'm devastated. I did have one minor loss during this hurricane. What's that? I think I lost my my lunker dog hat. Ooh. Yeah, I, I I usually keep it on the boat, and I I think I remember hanging it up around the uh, the crash knob on the steering wheel which is or or on the uh or on the throttle mm-hmm. and it was gone i oh. think it might have blowed away well norm the next batch of uh longer dog hats i get in and i just put in a uh, order and i could not believe how much they cost now <laughs> everything's expensive no but uh, uh getting hats and shirts made yeah, yeah shirts yeah. are up like 30 percent. hats are almost double unreal i'm paying Mm. Almost twenty dollars per hat. I used to sell them for twenty bucks. I figure if I can make seven, eight bucks on the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and someone wants to wear a longer dog hat, I'm more than happy to yeah. send it to them, right? Well, let me tell you I'm what. I'm gonna if... have to raise the price up to thirty-two bucks now, so I can make eight bucks on a friggin' hat. And right. But you know what? It's money well spent. Did you saw that hat when we fished last time? Now you were sporting I, the piss out of that. I was hat sporting the piss, and I, I always do. Because that thing had some serious mojo. Did you saw how salty that thing was? Right, and that's 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 a fishing mojo is a thing. Oh, absolutely. And if if anybody in the audience hasn't seen the YouTube video about the lucky ugly stick, mm-hmm. needs to go on YouTube, type in <coughs> Lunker Dog and Ugly Stick, because that story is probably the best story about fishing mojo ever. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the audience a story in case they haven't seen it on YouTube. So what happened was I'm fishing with a client, and um, so I'm fishing with a client, and we double up. No, we didn't double up on snook. I hooked a snook while he had a rod in his hand. So he reeled in his his line and he left his bait dangling off the side of the boat as I handed him my rod so he could reel in the snook, snook that was on my. Hmm. So as we taking pictures and stuff i forgot that the bait was still in the water well i think there was you know how the snooks will come up to the boat and there'll be two of them sure one will trail the other so i think another lunker snook was with this one you got the follower and and grabbed that line and he grabbed that line it was hanging over the side of the boat and pulled the ugly stick into the water Mm. and that's devastating well it just sucked because you know the guy i the guy was nice. He gave me an extra 150 bucks at the end of the trip because he knew, you know, it was kind of like a screw up and that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter was, is um, I couldn't find the ugly stick afterwards. I'm throwing the net around. I figure I'll just, you know, I'll find it. No big deal. You know, it was in a small part of the river. I couldn't find it. So I'm fishing about 100 yards away from that spot over a year later. And my client is pulling. No, it wasn't my client. It was Mike Wallace. Okay. Mike Wallace was pulling, and he's like, yeah, I think I hooked the bottom. And I says, give me give me a rod. And I pulled real hard, and friggin' something comes up like it was a stick or whatever. And, right. got, and, 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 and behold, it was the 
ugly stick that we lost yeah. a year earlier. It's amazing. So we were doing video that night, and that was the story of the Lucky Ugly Stick. That Lucky Ugly Stick is sitting right over there in that pile of rods. That's amazing. I bring it with me every charter that I do. And when fishing's slow, and we're talking a lot on the boat and everything, and that rod is not in the water, I says, let me put the Lucky Ugly Stick out. And I can't tell you how many times I put the Lucky Ugly Stick out, and sure enough, that rod goes down. Yep. And for whatever reason, at all those rods, at all the Ugly Sticks, at all the custom rods, at all those old salt shaker rods that I got, that one Ugly Stick has the most mojo. You know, it, it, it's it's amazing. And when we talk about mojo, you know, most... A lot of a lot of fishermen are superstitious, but mojo is a very specific kind of superstition. You know, there's all kinds of superstitions. It's you know, no bananas on the boat. Uh, some guys wind a dollar bill into their reels uh, to get the bite. You know, there's just all kinds of goofy. You know, lucky hats, lucky. You know, all kinds of superstitions. But there's some. There, but mojo is a very specific type of superstition and you can say you might call a guy or a girl fishy but what you're really talking about is mojo right you can you can you you might have 20 rods on the boat but one of them is like that ugly stick and that one just seems to have the mojo and you know i've if if you most fishermen have that some some degree of superstition about mojo boats can have mojo there's all kinds of people uh, people, people definitely have mojo oh my god there's... i got some clients oh. they can't catch a thing yep i mean they just have the worst luck yeah. time and time again they get on the boat they tell you yeah that they suck and their luck sucks and they yep. never catch anything and it's true and then you have the other side of the spectrum like a ron helm or a jim hayes and you take them out for a day of fishing. Something always great always. happens to them. I had a great client in the Keys when I was guiding in the Keys that was like that. And uh, her name was Natalie. It still is. And uh, Natalie came down. She uh, she uh, she bought three days, three, uh, three-quarter days. And it was just her. And she was getting over a divorce. She drove down to the Keys. She just wanted to go fishing and get away from everything. She stayed at Chica Lodge. She charted me for three days. And uh, it was, I've never seen anybody have that much mojo in my life. And I've been fishing a long, long time. But she had it from the from the get-go. And maybe part of it is because of her, her winning attitude. But whatever it was that we were going to do, she told me, you tell me what's good. But when we go and do it, we're going to make it happen. Right. And she just had that mojo. The first day was blowing like hell. We went in the back country and um, uh, caught a bunch of Spanish mackerel and sharks and everything else like that and bending the rod all, all, all day. And she just had a fantastic time. The, the next day, the wind laid down. I said, I think we can get out to the reef and try and catch you a sailfish. She'd never caught a sailfish. Bam, she catches a sailfish. Um, that happened. And then the third day, she hadn't done any reef fishing. So we went and did some yellowtailing and some reef fishing. And, and we caught we caught a limited yellowtails. And she had a fantastic time. Right. But whatever it was, she just had that mojo. I mean, I you've got mojo. That, I'll tell you, you know what else has mojo is that boat of yours. That boat's got some serious mojo to it. Whatever, you know, whatever the market value of your maritime skiff is, and if you ever had the had it in mind to sell it, whatever the whatever you think you can get out of it, you should double the price because that thing's got so much mojo in it, it's not even funny. And you know how you know that? Because you see it happen everywhere else where really fishy boats get sold and they continue to be fishy. Right. Right. Now, being here in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, fishing through the Caribbean and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. the Caribbeans, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, all the way over to Venezuela, let's call it. Yeah. They kind of mix the mojo with superstition. 
Oh, yeah. You're talking about voodoo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Santa Maria. Big time. Um, they're into curses. All that stuff. Yeah. Much more prevalent in the Caribbean, I think, than any place else. And it has like the, that, oh, yeah. that pirate thing to it. There's something mysterious about the conditions for the day, the wind. And it's not a scientific thing. It's just... Hey, man, that 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 uh, that sky was a little red last night, you know. Uh, and then whatever the, it is, right? And yeah. the superstition, Caribbean types mix it with religion a little bit, <laughs> and they, it's kind of all twirled. In. And I've tried to pay attention over the years, yeah, because you know, Jamaicans are funny about it, yeah. You know, they're joking about it and stuff like that. Then you got the you know the Cuban types, you know, with their. Uh, chicken's foot and that kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm not kidding. No, I mean, they, people they believe really, in it. They believe in the, <coughs> and that's all part of Mojo. New Orleans. Oh, that's Mojo Town. Right, they're all that, into it. That's all. That's well, they're they've got so much Mojo they don't even they don't even fish right. I mean, it's just this there's something funky about uh, being below you know being below I ten and doing any fishing. And the people up in Massachusetts and New England, where I fished, mm-hmm. they they don't they don't really use the word mojo or whatever. They believe they, in gods. They, no, they believe. No, in, they big be, time. They believe in you know being lucky and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But they don't call it mojo. You know what they call it up what? there? You lucky bastard. You lucky bastards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's mojo. It's mojo. Yeah. No. Absolutely. The, the Long Island Montauk people. Yeah. All that's mojo. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the, there's all kinds. There's all kinds of mojo, and uh, you know, all around the world, you can look at everything from. Uh, like I said, from from boats to weather condition to uh, you know things that happen in somebody's daily life that affects whether or not they're going to f- uh, fish well that day. Uh, it's just there's so much of it. It's it's you know baseball players, baseball players believe in mojo in a big big way. You remember that movie um, Major League? Yes, that comedy. Do. That whole movie was about mojo. Absolutely, it was. Okay. And Screw you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. Right. He was having bad mojo. He had to turn his mojo around. Uh, in Jaws, okay, when Quint's up late at night telling stories about the friggin' uh, vessel. Indianapolis. The Indianapolis and the vessel that went down. The other men went in the water. Right. And he's. you can see in Hooper's face and in, and in um, Brody. Brody's face. This, the superstition that was getting to them. They're like, this guy's got some sort of weird mojo. Do I really mm-hmm. want to be out on the boat I'll late never put on them? a life jacket ever again. And everybody in the audience that watched that movie at that point felt that. Oh, yeah. That mojo. Absolutely. He was just, he was he was definitely bringing it. From what I understand, I believe that uh, that whole tirade about the Indianapolis, I, I think that was all, uh, what do they call it, when you do it off the cuff? I don't think that was scripted. I think you, I think it, that there you think was a, he just let it roll. I think he let it roll. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think that was completely scripted. That'd that be, they were saying. That I I remember reading something about it that he that he improvised that whole that whole story. Well, Sarks come cruising daylight. Captain Quint, <laughs> you know the one thing he could do is he could tell a story, and not only could he tell a story in Jaws, he he told the story just as well in the deep. Do you remember no, him in the yeah, deep? Yeah, 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 sure. The deep, yeah. Yeah, no, he was... I don't know how he could be more Captain Quint in the deep than he actually was in Jaws, but he, he managed to well, do it Well, that somehow. was the problem with him because he was he was stereotyped. He was Quint was the only role that he was ever going to play. So if he ever played another role after Quint, it was actually the deep, I think, was before. Uh, after. Was before Jaws. I think after. Was it after Jaws? I think so. Um, I'll double check with Yeah, Lama. double check with that, yeah. But uh, I mean, that was just his role. That was that was the only thing he was ever going to play, and that was it. That was done. But you're right. I mean, he banged it out. You know. And what do you think you have that is the most that has the most mojo besides that ugly stick? The worm. The worm definitely has mojo. And she's mine. She's super fishy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's kid. super fishy. She is so super. She is so fishy. I mean that's that's true. So now I got I got the mm-hmm. worm. I got that ugly stick over there. Mm-hmm. Those are the, probably the two things that have the most mojo. But you know what I I have the most pride in? 
What's that? Guys like yourself that sport a lunker dog hat or a certified bucket or a friggin' shirt or whatever, mm-hmm. and they call it their lucky hat, their lucky shirt, their lucky bucket. Well, I feel like I feel like I contributed. You do because well, let's first of all, can we just talk a, a little bit about that little session that we did with you and me and Drew? We can talk about okay. anything you want. Let Norm. me tell you what that that lunker dog rod that I bought off you. Oh yeah, the new one. Okay, the new one, the 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 conventional. Man. Oh, that's right. If that that thing isn't going to have mo and mojo is not something that you immediately have. Mojo has to develop, but man, did that thing seem to just Well, considering it was its first day out, we caught a half a dozen dolphin. Yeah. And I think that rod caught 5 out of the half a dozen. It was it and was the ridiculous. Only, the only reason it didn't get all of the half a dozen is because you doubled up that one time, so it couldn't have yeah. been on that rod. Right. But it was true that one particular rod. It, it was it was really crazy. I, I I mean, it was it just kept getting bit, and uh, you know, it was it was really. Uh, I don't know how to put it. You know, I've got if I had to if I had to name the things that I have that really do have the most mojo, and I have a lot of rods. I probably have. Three times as many rods as you do, as you do in here. Oh, brag a little bit, why don't you? I do. I've got a lot of rods. Have you ever seen my arsenal? It's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm a, I'm, but I'm a tackle whore. That's that's my thing. Uh, you know, I would have to say uh, the boat. Uh, the boat's got a lot of mojo, uh, and I've got um, I've got that hat which I can't seem to find right now, and I'm, I'm kind of devastated by that. I've always had a lucky hat, by the way. Lots of guys have lucky hats. I've always, I've always had a lucky hat. Before the Lunker Dog hat, it was this Shady Brady straw hat that I just, if I wore it more often than not, the thing we just caught fish. And I, I, remember, I remember this goes back. I had that hat for probably 30 years. And I accidentally drove over it. I ran it over. Uh, I set it down, and then I forgot that it was on the uh, that it was on the tailgate, and I backed up over it, and I was devastated. But I had this hat going back to when I was working on the Mary One, and my boss, who was very superstitious in and of himself, uh, his his superstition was uh, you had to place a Hershey's kiss next to each rod in the rod holder when you were fishing. That was his thing. And God help you if you ran out of Hershey's kisses. But he didn't like my hat. And he made no bones about telling me about it. That hat looks... You know, he, he, would, he would berate me for this hat. And I said, dude, don't worry about the hat. Okay? You're going to see this hat's got luck. And he didn't believe that my hat was lucky well i used to have really really good eyes i mean i still have decent eyes but i used to have really like eagle eyes and i would see fish as they were coming before anybody else including the captain on the boat right and so we started we started catching blue marlins oh this is on the north drop and we started catching a lot of fish and we had one day where we went like five for five or something which was a good day back then right and uh it's still a good day but i mean it was a great day back then and uh after the third after the third fish he says go put that freaking hat back on (laughs) he he was feeling it he got it yeah Yeah. he he felt it so and, and that and that brings me to the next point is like there's people like my wife yeah they look at me like why is you why are you wearing that shirt still yeah, oh, you know yeah. What I mean? well, they don't get it's it. Like, why, why is, why is he can't holding on to that thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like that green rod. That green rod's got more mojo. That's yeah. That that green rod mm-hmm. has a lot of mojo. That 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 had mojo in it when my dad had it. Yeah, and that's why I keep those green rods around. Yeah, they got. By the way, I see you don't have a reel on it. What happened? You broke it. I'm just no. I broke an eye on it. I got to fix the eye. Oh. I get. I get. I get. Another one over there. But anyway, superstition, mojo, it's a thing in the fishing world. It's 100% a thing. And and not just the fishing world, but, I mean, there's a lot of mojo going on out there. And it really bothers me um, 
when people don't believe in that kind of stuff. Oh man, the the mojo deniers are annoying. They'll even make it a point to go out there and show that there's no such thing as mojo. And you know what? It, it's it's so annoying. I, I I tell you who pisses me off more than anybody with that kind of nonsense is Nick Stanzik in the Keys, who is widely regarded as one of the best right now, one of the best sword fishermen uh, in the entire state. Definitely in the Keys, okay. and and he's he's, he's phenomenal. He is phenomenal, and he's a super nice guy, and he's got a great family, and you can't... I mean, Nick's just a great, great guy, but he makes it a habit of taking a banana out on his boat, and he puts it in his videos, and he shows how he's catching fish with bananas on the boat. Great, Nick. I'm happy for you. You know what? That fish, instead of being 200 pounds, he might have been 400 pounds if you didn't have that banana. <laughs> Stop catching all these fish on bananas you'll get you get bigger fish see i don't think the ban- i think the, i think the banana or you ar- might catch more fish see i think the banana <laughs> argument i think the banana argument is is different than mojo that's more superstitious that's you're right you're 100 percent right and i made it a point to to to, to, to right, say that at the beginning it, it really is it's a superstition you're right it's not it's gotten but that's different than mojo. But That's having said saying. that, you can kill your mojo too. You know, you can kill your mojo. Golfers have a funny way of killing their mojo. And I know nothing about golf. Okay, you don't. Have oh, I to. do. Know, do know something about golf? <coughs> and I just found out. What's that? And this is my little golf tidbit. Mm. George Copeland. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Is a good golfer and loves golfing. Mm-hmm. Just learned that this week. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. There you go. That's my. That's the extent of my golfingness. Well, you know, let me tell you what. Okay, you can you can kill your mojo if you have mojo in anything that you do, whether it's golf or baseball or fishing, and you have a lucky uh, a lucky club or a lucky bag or. A, or a lucky fishing rod or a lucky bat, whatever it is, you can kill your mojo with your rotten attitude. Okay. And there are people that do it all the time. I believe that. All right. And I'm a big believer in PMA. And PMA? Positive mental attitude. Absolutely. And there's there's people that just are fishy and they've got mojo, but they're but you can kill it. You know, let me tell you something. I can I can name for you Oh, probably a half a dozen guys in Fort Lauderdale that are the fishiest people right now. Right. Going. Right. And they're at the top of their game. Uh, they are, they're catching more fish day in and day out than anybody else. And if you look and you watch and you see what they're doing, it ain't that much different from anybody else. But... They just seem to have that mojo. A mojo, and it can it can have a lifespan if you're not careful. And a mojo, and and mojo can make or break people. And what I mean by that is, you take a fishing guide, I mean mm-hmm. a fishing mate, mm-hmm. okay, and you put him in the cockpit, and the kid has good mojo. Yeah. The chances of him getting hired over and over and over again compared to the kid that has no mojo <coughs> is real. Oh and yeah. It's a real statistic. It's not superstition. It's not. That's real. Yeah. And they both rig the ballyhoo the same way. They friggin' can see just as well as one another. Everything. Yep. And maybe even maybe even the kid that has the mojo isn't as good yeah. technically as the other kid. Yeah. I mean, And it'll I, make or break a, a mate. It'll make or break a captain. This is 100% true. Um, Vinny Sachs, David Ramsden, Elliot uh, London, those three guys right now are absolutely 150% at the top of their game. Okay? And those guys, there's, they have more days where they just absolutely kill it. Dylan Lewis, another one. Chad Rainey, another one. Those five guys, they just kill it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. They're not really doing anything different. TJ, Vaughn. Uh, he he goes through periods of mojo, and I mean all these guys they just they have they just seem to have that instinct that mojo that whatever it is that they have that they take with them every day it's their mojo and it works for them, uh, but it can go away at times too. 
Well, I mean, nothing, you know? nothing's 100%, especially when it comes to fishing. No. Nah. But, you know, speaking of TJ, I, I bumped into him at the cleaning station at the 15th Street ramp, I don't know, four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. And I got his number because I wanted to come in and be on the Real Guy podcast. Oh, he'd be great, yeah. I wanted him to talk about Wicked sure, Tuna. Sure, sure. And, his, and I lost his friggin' number. I know, TJ. I'll get it for you. Yeah, I figured yeah. I can get it. But I wanted to put that out there because, and I hope, uh, well, he probably doesn't. I might even have it. But anyway, I always like to get TJ on, on, the, on the podcast. But Mojo's a real thing. Now all we need is the politician that's running on water that has the right mojo. And then <laughs> then we'll be sitting in the captain's seat, Norm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Um, you know, before we wrap up, we have to do one thing, and I, I, I hate to say it, but we have to do it. We probably have to pay our respects to England's Fishing Pier. England's Fishing Pier? Yeah. It's probably gone. It's probably done, and it's probably for good this time. And I hope I'm wrong, but um, the weather that we had last night took out another huge section of the pier. And uh, some guys actually got it on video. It's I've, I've seen some video of it, of, of it being blasted apart but uh you know since hurricane uh irma it was it was closed past the middle of the pier and i guess the owner of the pier had some fight with the city or the town of lauderdale by the sea and they never got it resolved and i guess he never had the funding or whatever but they never got it fully rebuilt and now this happens and it's just toast so you know for all you pier rats like me and there's a lot of guys, a lot of really great fishermen grew up on Anglin's Pier. Absolutely. I mean, Jason Tiny Walcott grew up on. I remember fishing with with, with him when he was a, when we were kids. Pier fishermen were real, dude. Steve Cantner. Absolutely. He was a he was a fixture on Anglin's Pier. Um, David Wimberly, George Beck. There was so many of them. Gary Krebs. Uh, Gary Krebs. Well, he didn't fish Anglin's as much he was, as he was, was Newport. He was Newport. Yeah. He was a pier guy. Yeah, but he was a pier guy. I mean, a lot of great. Uh, fishermen cut their teeth on on fishing the piers, and I know you know it's it's somewhat fashionable to make fun of pier guys, and and they're really super expensive uh, gear that they bring out there. But uh, let's face it, I mean you know uh, most of us at one time or another were pier rats, and uh, I was too, and it's uh, it's really sad to see one of our childhood haunts uh, get taken out, especially. <clears throat> In the unceremonious way that it did, right. you know. I mean, it's not like they were going to rebuild this thing into some grandiose uh, pier. The thing had been rotting for years, and it was it was just a shell of its former self. But man, I remember, you know, getting up before dawn and you know taking a couple of rods and you know putting my putting my tackle box on the handlebars and riding down to the pier, you know, and, and I mean that's that's how I grew up. I didn't I didn't grow up in, in shopping malls and playing video games and well, everything else like that. Let's you know, hope I let's was ho- at the pier. Let's hope for the best for England's fishing pier. Yeah. I we don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of confidence that they're gonna rebuild it and do the right thing. No. It's just kinda like the sign of the times, kinda like A doc. These things are going away. They're gonna be a part of history. Yeah. And, um, We're losing so much. Could you think if it could? Could you think if the if the tide was turned the other way, where they were instead of eliminating fishing piers, they were making them newer and bigger and longer? You mean and like greater? You mean like Pompano did? No, I mean like a Dubai type <laughs> pier where these guys come in and they make one like state of the art, the biggest, the baddest, the most beautiful pier that hold the most best fish. It would never happen here. You know why? Because all the tree huggers and the environmentalists would be all up in arms that you were building something out over and over the reef, and you know the reef that we just killed. The reef that we've been killing for years. Twenty years. And where are these people? Where are all the environment? You know, if you go to drive a piling in Fort Lauderdale, you have thirty tree huggers that'll come out there and tell you that you can't do it, and they'll be bitching and they'll be moaning and they'll be, you know, doing all that they do. But you get a sewage spill, and where are they? They're silent. They're gone. They're nothing. Well, there is some hope, and, and I'll tell you where that hope comes from. We're running out of real estate, 
And when these developers don't have anything else to develop, they can't go up anymore. No. They can't go out anymore. Maybe, just maybe, Piers will have a chance. Norm. Yeah. Norm. Yo. Thanks for coming in the friggin' Lunker Dog Studios today. I appreciate it. Let the moho be with you. Let the moho be with you. And run that dog. Run that dog. <laughs> <laughs>